Hi, welcome to Stardust Records, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Linz, and this is my co-host, Savi. Hi, Savi. Hello, Linz. How are you? Great. It's good to be back this week. What are we thinking about? What are we thinking about? What are we going to do? Like for the episode, or what am I currently thinking about? <laughs> both. Let's okay. do both. Um, I'm currently thinking about the sushi place I just went to. It was so good. Ugh. So that's still on the brain. But... I'm thinking that we can do a ranking episode. I thought that'd be fun. But it's of the Star Wars ships and the actual ships, like the the physical ships, not the relationships. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll do a little bit of the relationships at the end. <laughs> yes. How does that sound? I, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm always down to talk about ships. <laughs> you are a ship girly. You're like I am. Stan Twitter's number one U-Wing fan. <laughs> I love it so much. I even have a little plushie of it. Oh. It's so cute. So I'll list off the ship names. This is in no particular order. So I'm just listing them off now, but we will rank them from one to ten, one being our favorite and ten being not our favorite. So we have the yes. Fondor, which is Luthen's ship and Andor. We have the Ghost, which is Harris and Dilla's ship. The Razor Crest, which is Din's ship. So the Mandalorian. We have Slave One, though I know that goes by a different name now. And I just can't remember it. It's Boba Fett's ship. And then we have the Falcon, which is Hans, U-Wing, X-Wing, TIE Fighter, the Mantis, which is Grease Dridus' ship, and then the can you say the Naboo one? <laughs> oh, it's a Nubian Royal Star Starfighter? Star ship. Padme's Starship. ship. Yeah. Padme's ship. The, the chrome one. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> okay. So so again, we're not we're just gonna like go through the ships and then we'll rate them at the end. One through ten. Okay. So we'll start off with the Fondor. It says, this modified Fondor Hallcraft featured a spacious luxury interior in addition to significant combat-focused modifications, reflecting its owner's double role. Uh, its po- cockpit was modified to include a droid mod and art- an AI functioning as Rails, Rail? yeah, Rails co-pilot and navigator. And the living quarters included a hidden compartment behind a fake wall, which included various disguises uh okay so you start no i was just gonna say because like as you explain it it reminded me of that fact that like the ship is so much like luthan you know so it's like you know you don't suspect what's really on the inside or what he's capable of Mm -hmm. until he actually like shows himself and so that's really cool that that just kind of circles back to an earlier conversation that we had episodes back about how like people's uh the owners of the ships the pilots or captains of the ships often reflect them which i think is cool that is cool and it, i think i made a thread on it where the fondor was just a lot like luthan in the way where like yeah. from the outside it it seems so it's just like a regular ship i don't know like when it was the star wars equivalent of pulled over <laughs> They like did, <laughs> did not expect that to happen, what he did in episode eleven. So, I feel like the Fondor will be high up on on my ranking. 
Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's up there. So next up, we have the Ghost, which was a modified VCX-100 light freighter. Uh, Hera owned it. And it was also modified and named by Hera um, because of her ability to evade Imperial censors. So I, I actually didn't know that. Uh, although an old vessel with a few dogfight battle scars from the Empire, it still performed reliably. Um, the ship had a nose tur turret gunner station underneath the cockpit section with a dedicated gunner sheet, and it could turn 360 degrees. There were four main cargo holds, which is pretty impressive. Uh, the vessel had yeah. a crew section at the front half with the two forward-facing cargo holds making up the forward corners of the ship. Uh, it was equipped with both port and starboard docking rings, um, which was common to Corellian light freighter designs. So it's definitely a lot more, and I won't go through all of them, but I like this ship more for the sentimental value of it, I think. Mm -hmm. It is definitely a really impressive ship, but I think like with the entire plot of Rebels and how most of the seasons, they're all on the ghost and our like that's their home base. Yeah. For me it's a more sentimental ship rather than it is like, oh, this is so sick <laughs> because of what it can do. For sure, for sure. I think that's gonna be similar um to the Falcon, to Lenny Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Um when we talk about that. Um but I have a lot of good memories watching Rebels, so the ghost definitely is uh it's like coming home whenever you think about it. You're like, oh, yeah. Or you see a picture of it or inside, like the scenes of them together in there. It's definitely um, got such a unique shape, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And if you've read A New Dawn, uh, you'll just remember, like, or people will remember, uh, A New Dawn is when is the book where Kanan and Hera meet for the first time. And there's the part where Kanan sees the ghost come by like for the first time and it's yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool it's also going off the sentimental thing it's that whole episode with Hera in the Bad Batch in season one where she just is dying to fly and then knowing she has her own ship eventually is really sweet so yeah I yeah it's it's more sentimental than I think like yeah so I also feel this way about the Razor Crest. We'll do that one next. It's next up on the list. Um, mostly because it's a piece of junk from what we can see. And from Din always have to having to go and get it repaired. He's um, literally he literally rebuilt that thing like twice in yeah. that season, it seemed like. Oh my gosh. It's his attachment issues. <laughs> yeah okay let's read these uh so it was an st70 class razor crest m111 assault ship it served as it used to serve as a military patrol craft so he thrifted it <laughs> um let's see there's really not much information actually <laughs> yeah it was it had two laser cannons, two engine, and a hyperdrive. <laughs> That's basically all it has. Uh, it does have a uh, 
It does have an astromech interface socket. However, Din did not use that because of his distrust for droids. Uh, it had a vac tube, a weapons locker, and a carbonite freezing oh. chamber, which is cool. I I don't think we've seen... Because it just looks... I mean, it was a military ship. That makes more sense why it would have that, because if they were making arrests, then... Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So it works perfectly for a bounty hunter. I, I like this one a lot. I did say it was for sentimental value, but now that I read that, that just like bumped it up a position wherever it is on my final list. Yeah. Because it's yeah, kind of cool history. Yeah. I like the gunship style to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not like, I mean, gunships are really cool. I mean, the U-Wing is kind of like a gunship in a way, um, a transport. And then it, you know, it reminds me of um, the, uh, I'm not even going to try to remember because I'm going to butcher it, but the, clo- the gunships, the Republic gunships um, kind of has that sort of like the wings oh, yeah. out there. Like the tra- yeah. transport in the yes. Clone Wars. Yeah. Yes. So the next one is Slave One. Um, also, the name was Fire Spray. I couldn't remember. It was- oh, that's the... That's the type. Yeah. Yeah. It was a modified fire spray 31 class patrol and attacked craft. Um, craft. So let's see. Uh, it was modified as far back as its time under Django Fett. Um, during this time, the only overt weapon system left over from the standard layout were the tail blaster cannons. Uh, but he did make sure to upgrade them so they could have greater precision. Um, it was a very effective and customized ship armed with superior shielding technology, high levels of endurance, and an arsenal of hidden and overt weapons. It's crazy because the more I like read these descriptions about the ships, the more it makes sense that the owners have them. So like yeah. reading that just immediately, I thought that would be perfect for Boba and Django. It also had a secret military sensor, which could be used for jamming and masking. And it allowed Slave One to disappear from the majority of scanning systems. That's sick. Yeah. So it it feels very Boba and Django. Like, it it makes sense. It does. One of my favorite scenes in the book of Boba Fett is with Fennec and Boba with the Sarlacc pit. I was going to say that one of my favorite features of um, the slave one is the, uh, the charges and the sounds oh, that yes. they make when they explode. The size. Oh my charges. gosh. Those are amazing. That's, that's such a prime example of sound design. Yeah. I feel like that's such a great, especially that they brought it back for Boba Fett. It was, it was such a, a good hype scene. Yeah. When they used it in the Mandalorian to take out, I think it was like at least one TIE fighter where he like dropped it and he timed it just right to mm-hmm. where it like cut them in half. That was awesome. It was really um, good. Yeah. I'm glad that they brought that back because that, that whole scene in um, attack of the clones when they're using them just like gives me, gets me so hyped every time. So our next ship, uh, the slave one, I thought the perfect one afterwards would be the Falcon. Um, the Millennium Falcon was a Corellian YT-1300 light freighter. 
During the Falcon's time in the possession of the smuggler Lando Calrissian, it accumulated numerous modifications in the name of convenience and luxury, including painted exterior paneling and a large escape pod. However, during Han Solo's famous record-breaking Kessel Run, in which he piloted the freighter for the first time, <laughs> many of these additions are destroyed or lost. Uh, its aged appearance still belied numerous advanced modifications to boost the ship's speed, weapons, and shields, including a hyperdrive engine, among the fastest in the entire galaxy, enabling it to outrun Imperial Star Destroyers. It also included sem- sensor-proof smuggling compartments, which were used during the rescue of Leia Organa to evade Imperial Stormtrooper troopers. Um, and then it just lists all the battles it's been in, um, including when Lando Calrissian flew at the Battle of Andor. Andor. <laughs> um, I... I like this one a lot. Same as the ghost for the for the um, sentimental value, especially after watching Solo. It added so much to that ship. So much, so many layers, so much history, so much character. Because yeah. like we we get that throughout the trilogies, um, or the original and the sequel trilogy, but to even have that added context of you know, where it came from, what happened to it, like the different damages that happened to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that L3. kind of thing. Yes, L3. Oh, yeah, because then like later in, I want to say it's Empire Strikes Back, um, when, has, yeah, he says something about mm-hmm. the computer having like a pe- peculiar dialect or something, <laughs> um, which of course would be L3. So I love that. Me too. It, it's it's like knowing Han kissed Kira there in Landon's closet and and then kissed and Leia and, and all the like comic book stuff and it's really cute. Yeah. Yeah. And- I think he even had a a hut on that ship one time. <laughs> Gracchus the hut. Like stuffed in there. It was really funny. And then with Batu, there is nothing like being able to pilot the Millennium Falcon and put it into light speed. Okay. <laughs> the next ship is Lynn's favorite ship. Oh. It's the U-wing. <sighs> I uh, <laughs> sorry, I pulled. I pulled up the. <laughs> I pulled yes, up the I was Wikipedia gonna say page. you should do these uh, last five. So, the UT sixty D U-wing starfighter support craft, um, also known as the UT sixty D or U-wing was a transport gunship model manufactured by Incom Corporation and used by the Alliance to restore the Republic during the Galactic Civil War. It was used to drop ships into battle and provide cover fire for them. U-wings were pivotal in transport and protection of the Rebel Alliance's ground forces during the Battle of Scarif. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they have two wings that, so two wing-like strike foils or S-foils that come out and they're retractable be positioned forward facing and backward facing. I like to say it's like the Naruto run of star- starships. Um, it wasn't built for dog fights. They came ready with like, so they had like combat like configurations in their systems, but they weren't built for dog fights. So like they could engage, but they just weren't as um, maneuverable as like an X-Wing or um, anything else. So uh, they had deflector shields, um 
the increased wingspan became a liability in rough atmospheric conditions, resulting in the flight configuration primarily being reserved for high altitude and interstellar operations. Uh, yeah, so, of course, like, EDU, it wasn't doing very well <laughs> on EDU. Um, but yeah, they've got some laser cannons. Uh, I won't go into all the specific details, but there could be a mounted gun in the... Uh, the uh, bay doors you could open the bay doors and mount a gun there like we saw uh Biston using on scarif it's interesting because it's a it's got you can have two pilots so because it's best used with two pilots one can pilot it by itself but it's best with two um and i have i want to say i think i read this somewhere before but uh so like cassian and k2 would have had to like go through some sort of basically like flight trainer flight check to get signed off that they could like actually fly it together um which i think is really cool but the u-wings ended up in the alliance um because uh it was one of the last ships produced by incom corporation before it was nationalized by the galactic empire due to this the u-wing never enjoyed a full production run so it was actually there weren't very many made um, a lost shipment of U-Wings ended up in the hands of the Rebel Alliance after the careful manipulation of the Senate records by Bail Organa. So he's the one who funneled them to the Rebel Alliance. So yeah, that's kind of the lowdown. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's okay, you hit, can, every, hit every nail I on the I could go on, but I won't. <laughs> I, I do like it a lot because it's so significant to Rogue One. Yeah. I know that sounds silly, but it's just a good ship. It is. It's- um, I'm trying to think of something else. I guess that's it. You kind of hit everything all in the head for that one. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, we've also only seen it once in Rogue One. Oh well, we actually we've seen it in Rebels actually. Um, later in the Saga season. Rare- uh, oh, Saga no, Sagarera's ship. It's so black, Sagarera, right? Yeah, it's okay. got this, like, black yeah. and gray scheme. And yeah. uh, so Sagarera had it. And then actually in a different episode of Rebels, um, I think it was, I don't remember which season it is. I want to say it's three, but it might not be. Um, Hera had one. And it was an earlier model where the wings that are fixed forward, they can't go back. They're just mm. straight forward. And it's a little bit shorter, I believe. But it's the same... Um, style of ship it's the same company and everything so it looks like a looks like an earlier version of a u-wing which it is um so yeah we've seen them a couple times but i wish i hope that we get to see them again in some sort of other media whether it's a comic whether it's and or season two or whatever that'd be cool that'd be really cool yeah i was just thinking that do you want to read the next four x-wing tie mantis and naboo sure let me grab that x-wing starfighters were a type of starfighter marked by their distinctive s foils that resembled the high galactic scripts character x in the an attack formation they're heavily armed with four laser cannons on the s foils and proton proton torpedo launchers in the fuselage um, they're designed for dogfighting and long missions during the galactic civil war the rebel alliance used x-wing models like the t-65b and the t-65c in many battles deploying x-wings in engagements uh, such as the attack of Lothal, the Battle of Yavin, the Battle of Endor, and the Battle of Jakku. And Scarif. Um, 
Approximately 30 years later, a different and upgraded variation of the X-Wing, the T-70, was used by the Resistance, whereas a more advanced model, the T-85, was used by the New Republic Defense Fleet, which I wonder if that's referencing um, the X-Wings that we see in Mandalorian. I'm not sure. Oh. They also came from Incom Corporation, so the same company that uh, produced the U-Wings. Yeah, I, I would say this is like a classic ship. This is a ship that is probably going to land like right in the middle of my list. I don't think I could put it very lower than than uh, I couldn't put it low on this list. So mm-hmm. it just you can't beat it. I mean, an X-Wing took out the Death Star. So, <laughs> um, yeah, what do you think about the X-Wings? They've got a really nice like nostalgic feel to them i just love the uh the rogue one star fight with all the x-wings um and like right above scarif i think that's such a special scene and the scene where they're taking off on yavin and it's raining and they're heading to edu yeah such a good scene and then when they're first kind of being used in rebels i think that that was a really uh, great introductory scene to the ship and we never really saw anything like that so it was definitely really interesting to get that little bit of history on it yeah for sure and the rebellion <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk about the tie fighter next um this is the eyeball ship the eyeballs with the it's little the screaming eyeball the screaming eyeball <laughs> exactly um they have twin ion engines uh, they have, however, it also to some degree was named after an item of clothing due to its overall shape resembling a bow tie. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. Um, I actually didn't know that. I, wow. I was reading about TIE Fighters a while ago because I was just like, I wanted to read a little bit about, uh, Han Solo when he was a TIE pilot and oh yes there was like some lore behind it basically the the best of the best could only pilot them and then there was some where it was so dangerous to fly them uh let me let me look it up hold on because it's actually really cool I was about the uniform I like how breast is the top trending search in Wikipedia. <laughs> well, yeah, because they uh, they have to have, there's no life support systems. So the type pilots have to have a fully sealed flight suit. Um, yeah, I think that was it. That was cool. There's no hyperdrive. They have no hyperdrive. Most of them, most of the models, like the regular fighter models don't have hyperdrives. I always um, think about that one scene. Now in Andor too, but I was thinking about that one scene in uh, Lost Stars where they literally, or Thane's one job for the day was just to intimidate people with the ship. Yeah. Tie fighting for dogfights. And then there's just here, your one job today is to go be scary. <laughs> yeah. Well, like in Andor with the the pilot, like, or the, the tie going like so low over them. And like scaring them. Obviously, I'm not sure if the tie even knew they were there, but um, but yeah, like how Thane Kyrell, when he was in the Empire, he was a TIE fighter pilot, and his like 
Savi said his job was to just fly that tie over people and over um, towns and stuff and basically scare people and let them know the empire's there hmm. right above them. But that it makes me think uh, the lack of a hyperdrive. They had to pick up Vader after the uh, Death Star blew up. Remember? Uh, oh, yeah. Sienna. That was then had to scene. actually go and pick up Vader after that was like, oh man, that was scary. Uh, was I think later on he boots. got, <laughs> she was, uh, I think later on he got a fighter, TIE fighter that had a hyperdrive. Um, I forget. I'm so, I feel so silly because I don't remember off the top of my head. And I don't want to like just say a random word. But yeah. He made a it so bougie. Yeah, it was like a TIE fighter advanced or something. TIE, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I like the noises they make. Yeah, the spooky. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly like that. That was so bad. It sounded like a cat. (laughs) Uh, But that's what they sound like. (laughs) We have two more. We have the Mantis and then Padme's ship. Okay. Um, it's a N- Naboo star skip or a J-type diplomatic barge. Hmm. Like, it's like a yacht. Okay. Um, that makes more sense. You just said yacht and now I can... Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's an example of the marriage between art and design. The craft was designed to embody the glory of Naboo royalty, which represented the noble spirit of the citizens of Naboo. It was, in fact, reserved only for use by the Naboo sovereign. It was created by the skilled engineers of the Theed Palace Space Vessel Engineering Corps. So this was like pure Nabooian uh, design there. Only the queen's own vessel could be entirely chromium covered, but the royal starfighters such as the Naboo N1 had chromium on the front of their engines. Um, Non-royal Naboo ships were forbidden to display the chromium so they couldn't be shiny like Padme's ship. They couldn't. Um, Yeah. That's kind of it. It had no weapons. It was designed as a peaceful ambassadorial ship. Um, like it had powerful deflector shields, exactly. Like Padme. Had some power- <laughs> <laughs> uh, it had up to eight astromech droids that could be automatically deployed. Um, this is where we got R two, R two D two. Um, yeah, I love it because it's so reflective and it has such a cool sound. It's mm-hmm. like I, I think it's um. In the opening of Attack of the Clones, and it like just comes into the frame, and then it's like going down to Coruscant. It just ah, Chef's Kiss. Mm. I love that ship. <laughs> it's a good one. It is. It's so shiny. <laughs> All right, last one, Mantis, and then we can rank them. Mantis, Mantis, Mantis. So technically, it's called the Stinger. Mantis. Which is a way cooler sting- name, in my opinion. Yes. The, the Stinger Mantis, because it's a... It's the Latero Space Works... Oh, wait. Isn't Grease a Latero? Yeah, he is. So it's like a special ship made for his type of people. 
Yeah. I always think like, about how the uh, seats are. Oh, the yeah. Door. Why did I think? I never made this connection. I can't believe it. Um, so the model is the S161 Stinger XL. So I was assuming it's extra large. Um, luxury yacht. Um, it's piloted by Grease Drydus. And in 14 BBY, Drydus transported the former Jedi Seer Jenda and Cal Kestis on the vessel as a part of their secret mission to rebuild the Jedi Order. Um, Grease claims the Mantis was able to survive almost any environment. Um, at some Which point, she's so right about. Yeah, it's true. Um, it has three separate sections outside of its. Ship had three separate sections of its outside exterior. The front and back were segmented by a rotating section that housed the main outrigger engine and large vertical fin. Inside, there were six separate parts of the interior. Cockpit, holotable room, galley, common area, main corridor, and engine room. While lightly armed, there were two laser cannons above the main cockpit. Um, starting at the cockpit, the floor was part built with glass along and along with raised cockpit seats created a large area of view for the pilot two seats acted as a pilot and co-pilot with the third seat to the right that acted as the comm station um yeah and he even had like a little garden in there little oh. little you know yeah love that a, ter- a terrarium he's a plant yeah. early he is he definitely is uh had a lower level uh, beneath accessed via a ladder, the lower level contained two escape pods and a darkly lit corridor. <laughs> this definitely is I love the mantis. One. Me too. It's another one that is also a little bit more sentimental to me because of like all, all the shots of it in the background of JFO and Cal's going back to it, and it's just like you kind of associate it with like the home base. Yeah, for I, sure. Yeah. I I was just I was just playing uh Fallen Order like right before we recorded and uh I just ended in the Mantis and I'm uh gonna go back to Bogano now in it, so <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. How are we gonna rank these? Um I have no idea. <laughs> uh I suppose like Number one being our favorite. Number okay. ten being our least favorite. Um, okay. So what would be your number ten? Let's start from the oh, bottom. my least favorite. The TIE Fighter. For real? Easy. Okay. That's a good one. TIE. Easy. And why? Um, Because I don't... I just... It's too menacing. Out of all, yeah, it's menacing. But like, out of all the ships that we've listed, I feel like that one just deserves to be at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is all these ships are really good anyway. Um, I don't have anything against the Tie Fighters. Um, like, I don't think that they're terrible ships. But yeah, definitely going to be at the bottom. Okay. Number nine is the Naboo one for me. The Naboo, oh. yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. you, what would you put at number no, nine? But, no, but you're right. You're right. Because mm-hmm. outside of just looking pretty, it, that's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's not much to it. Though I, I love how it is kind of like Padme. 
Yeah. Another it has ship its qualities. Yeah. Okay. What'd you put at number eight? Oh gosh. I'm trying to think about all the ones that we have that we Fa- listed. Fondor, Ghost, Razorcrest, Slave One, Falcon, U Wing, X Wing, and Mantis. Oh gosh. I feel like if I say any of these, it'll be like heresy. But I don't know. I feel like maybe the X Wing. Okay. Yeah. Because outside of its flight or its combat abilities, um, that's it's pretty a, much it. <laughs> it's a great ship, but yeah. It is. It's Although, just. I forgot about this, but I love that in Lost Stars, you learned that, like, the hooch that they make, the jet juice. They would like drink oh. it. They would drink it out of a baggie and like the the cockpit. <laughs> I thought that, yeah. that was so funny. I love that that little lore. Okay, I love I love uh alliance pilot like lore. Yeah, I love the they're just so fun. Uh, next one is what number seven? Yes. Wait. Yeah. We did 10 yes. ties, 9 yes. Naboo, 8 X-Wings, 7. What are you thinking? The Mantis. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. I can yeah. agree with that. I love the Mantis. I love how it looks, but outside of it being a luxury ship, there's not much to it. It gives me sailboat vibes. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> It's like so cool and so fun. Like you love the way it looks, but you're like, that's all it does for me. That's, yeah, for sure. Like, Marin does all the work. Yeah, at the end with shielding it. I don't know if somebody else has to do the work. If a night sister has to do the work, and then I think that that makes this it number true. seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number six. Oh my gosh. That's me. <laughs> um, okay, who do, what do we have left? We have Fondor, Ghost, Razorcrest, Slave One, Falcon, Ewing, and that's it. Hmm. I'm going to have to say... The Razorcrest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I'm just thinking about all the qualities of all the other ships. Okay. And the Razor, Qu- the Razor Crest falls apart so much. So true. This, this people are literally like, why are you paying to replace this? To fix this, not replace yeah. this. And this isn't a knock against the Razor Crest. I just think that, I mean. It's okay. You can knock it. This is a safe space. The, the Falcon falls apart too, but. <laughs> Which is why I was going to. Put it at number five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's all right. It's all right. It's good. It's halfway. It's right there in the middle. It's okay. It's a halfway. It's the middle child. Okay. So we have the Ewing, the Fondor, the Ghost, and what else left? Wait, hold up. Uh, we have Slave One. Oh, Slave One. Ghost um, and the Fondor and the Ewing. Let's do slave one. Really? Well, 
Well, I don't know. I feel like this <laughs> slave one has to go before the U-Wing. No! <laughs> I know you love the U-Wing, but we, we have to keep, like, personal biases out of this. But I thought that's what this is for. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> okay, fine. Fine. We can put the U-Wing at four. But okay, it will that's... always be number it will always be number one in my heart. <laughs> okay, U-Wing number four. Slave one. Number three. Okay. Yeah, okay. Or wow. I feel like okay. the ghost. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I agree. I agree. Okay. Which makes Slave 1 number 2. Which makes yeah. the Fondor number, number 1. one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that. I mean, I'm also, this is I'm not, also happy. This is not the rating that I expected at all. We got, I'll start 1 through 10. Fondor, Slave 1, Ghost, U-Wing, Falcon, Razorcrest, Mantis, X-Wing, Naboo, and TIE Fighter. I feel like that's a good list. I think so too. That's a good list. They're all good ships. Yeah. We didn't want to. We didn't want to add any. Well, I mean, I can't. What's a What's a bad ship? Like, what is a bad ship that you can think of off the top of your head? I can't think of a bad ship. I can't can really either. Yeah. I'm thinking, and I can't. Okay, okay. so that's Stardust Records' rating of Star Wars ships. Yeah. We now, didn't... now let's get. To- to, Go to, ahead. No, I was gonna say we didn't. We were gonna do something like the Chimera, but we wanted to stick to like the relatively smaller transport dog yeah. ships. Okay, now we're gonna do relationships as our closer. We yes. wrote down romantic, a, yeah, romantic relationships. Romantic, yeah. Okay. Um. Well, we can rate these. Just yeah, out of personal preference. I wouldn't mind just being like, yeah, this is this is ten out of ten for me. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. We have fourteen. Um, what are your thoughts on Finpo? I think they are meant to be, and it's such a tragedy that they weren't ever like confirmed because there's just so much that they show in the movies and there's a couple moments in like some of the books too that i've seen that are kind of like oh you know maybe there's more to this you know so for me for me they're canon yeah they're very hotly coded they are they 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 even have the the scene yeah the the hallway scene the fight the fight scene like where they're fighting the hallway and then someone like tries to walk between them panera has that scene too spinpo i do Finpo, I'd give a 10 out of 10. Yeah, for sure. You can't really get any better than that. I mean, like, he literally gave him his jacket. So true. That, that <laughs> That's a sign of true love. There's nothing heterosexual about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, do you want to pick one and ask me? Okay. Um, what do you think about uh, Vilsinta? I love them. They make me so mushy. They're a 10 out of 10 for me. I just love like the sharing a blanket scene and the like 
the scene with them on Ferrix, and we see this shot of them at the table, and it looks like they're looking at us, but I know they're looking at Bix and Brasso, but they're just so sweet. And I love, like, Cinta's big brown eyes, and they're so soft, and then Vel's, like, deep blue eyes. I don't know. They're just so special. And I love that, like, the actors love them, and I love that they're friends in per in real life. They're so sweet. My whole yes. voice changed talking about them. <laughs> I love them well, so, so much. They're so perfect. And I, what really struck me is the fact that like we see Vel like touch Cinta's hand before she has to like leave her, mm-hmm. and then on on Aldani, and then later on when they're in the little cafe together, um, Cinta is the one that touches Vel's hand first. Mm-hmm. Before she leaves, so sweet, which, ah, poetic. Mwah, I love them, <laughs> and and jealous Vel is so cute. Oh yes, so sweet. Okay, what are your thoughts on Anadala? Just knock oh, that one out. I'm just throwing that one in my face. <laughs> um, I am so happy that they gave us Luke and Leia. Sarah <laughs> ship. Thank you, Anidala, for <laughs> Anakin and Padme for Luke and Leia. I just That's lo- what I have to say. I just love <laughs> I just love the theory that I guess the headcanon that Padme is a lesbian and I don't know. I just I s- no <laughs> uh I've no hate to Anidala. But I'm giving it at like a three out of ten. Yeah, I will. I. I'm it's like, just Padme is so much more than Anadala. This is true. This is true. Um, I feel like there were original like choices that George Lucas was gonna make for Padme, like especially in Revenge of the Sith, that I think would have, um, really sort of put a better like cap and on their relationship. Mm-hmm. And kind of made things make more sense, in, at least in my mind. Um, I love, like, the... I like the tragic love trope. I like the, like... I even don't mind, like, the forbidden love trope, you know? That they were, like, on yeah. the edge there with that. Yeah. But uh, just some of the ways... Some of the some of the storytelling and some of the, the narrative uh elements of their relationship just didn't really jive with me i mean i understand that that's the point so but i don't have to like really like it a lot so it's not like i think it should have been like completely different i know that it's supposed to be the way it is for that reason but um for a reason but it just doesn't doesn't endear me to them (laughs) their dialogue also just doesn't like doesn't do it for me like it's yeah i don't know it's just not like I don't know. <laughs> I think you do know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next ship. Uh, ask me one. Oh, okay. Um, I'm trying to read. Uh, oh, uh, Bix Cassian. I love them. I really do. I know <laughs> that we don't see like a lot of them, any of them really in Andor, but we do like know that history. They're so Han Kira to me. And I think that's why I like them. And I do like the like knowing that they had a past. And I love mm. that they were friends as children. 
Like, I think that's yeah. so special. And even if they don't end up together, that's fine. They obviously don't because Cassian dies. But <laughs> but <laughs> he's got to see Lindsay's face. But I, I love the chemistry that, like, Diego and Adria have. Just so good. And I love that she dreams of him. Yeah. And I it's just, so soft. Yeah. And that even though she's so convinced or even though she's like not mad at him, because I don't think she was mad at him and Andor, because she does love him, even if it's not romantically. Like that's her family. And yeah. as family as like somebody's like husband would be to your to the yeah. wife, I think. Um, not like brother and sister, but I just love that she has she had so much faith in him that she knows he'll come back. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. What do I you think, think like her that? I think her frustration was born out of the like a frustration that you have for somebody that you really care about. Exactly. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think like her I think that's definitely like she you could tell that she still cared. Um, in some way and like definitely Cassian too because you know he went and rescued her um, and he you know she was one of the first people that came to mind um, when he returned and then came back again like yeah. he went to her so um, I love I I really hope that we see more of them either in some sort of like giving us an insight into how they used to be when they were together or at least seeing them together on screen again. Um, I do I hope that, that they cool. that they see each other again. It would be yeah. so terrible if they didn't. And then he just I dies. think for me, I think for me, I don't know how to rate them because I I would say because like there's different levels of like how much content we get of certain ships, and then there's also yeah. like how how it feels to me. So I think for me. It has to be at least a solid 8 out of 10. Just yeah. because I really appreciate the the level of care that they put into portraying that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, even just like the aftermath of it. I really like it. Um, and I feel like my rating would just go up the more I see of them. So right now it's like at an 8 out of 10. But yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, totally. Uh, Sienna. Bane and Sienna. Um, so they're from. Me. They're from Lost Stars. Sorry, I interrupted you. So let's see. No, it's okay. Yeah, from the book uh, Lost Stars, and um, it follows childhood friends that <clears throat> enter the um, Imperial Navy together, and then eventually Thane defects, and Sienna continues, or he defects, and then and then ends up in the Rebel Alliance, and then Sienna stays. And it kind of the story parallels both of them, and they like meet up again a couple times throughout the um, the story. And the times that they do are very oh. spicy. Yeah, um, they hook the up cave. both times. Yeah, the cave and the um, well, I think it was yeah that was the second, hotel. and the first was the hotel. Oh my gosh, you guys, Star Wars got pretty uh, steamy there um yeah it's so like, I it's love- like gif with claudia 
but with Claudia Gray and it's the pen on fire because it's writing. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> she really gave us a gift with those two. Um, so, but I would say as a ship, I love them a lot. And I love seeing relationships portrayed in Star Wars because we don't get romantic relationships all the time. Um, we get, we're getting more of it now, but mm-hmm. I would say because to me, their story isn't finished. Um, and we didn't really get to see like the best parts of them in a relationship that I can't really give it like a super high rating, even though I really love them. So I'd probably say for them, it really pains me to say this, but probably like a, a six out of 10. Oh yeah. And it's not, it's not because I don't like them. It's just because we don't really have too much of them in like a solid like good relationship that's true to really that's true you know yeah. so for sp- spicy wise 10 out of 10 for like actual like like relationship sort of stuff and i feel badly saying that because we get way more of thane and sienna in a relationship than we do bix and cassian it's okay. but but, but also- like portrayal wise like the toxicity um not really seeing it being super healthy i just i guess would say like six out of six or seven out of ten yeah, there's something about the lack of communication that was just, I, I, I yeah, it, it was just a lot. Yeah, which was, I mean, that's the whole point of it. Like, this exactly. is not to knock the story because, like, that's the whole point of the story. So it wasn't like it was badly written or anything. It was just, like, that's what's being portrayed and that's what I'm going off of. Um, mm-hmm. I, Claudia Gray, please write a second book. <laughs> I'm begging. Know, We're be begging happy. you. Please. Um, But, yeah. Oh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. She's holding up the the list of all the ships. Um, let's do let's do Calmarin. Oh God. Um. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, You're the one that suggested this. I ships. know. That's why I, I put it back on you. It, I know. <laughs> I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I love that Cal has someone, and I love that Marin now has somebody as well. And I love that it's like two people who kind of suffered the same quote unquote fate. Um, I think that if it happens in Jedi Survivor, I would not be opposed. I just would like to. I think that there's been like a really long jump. So, yeah, five years. So I'm like, are they already going to be in a relationship and we didn't see any of it? So it's hard for me oh. to, they could be in battle scars, but like, yeah, we don't know. I think just that five-year jump is, is what's making me. It's also like in Jedi Fallen Order, they had literally just met. So it was, it was difficult to ship people. Yeah. Like, just met. I do like love I, both characters and I love their their connection. Like that hug at the end was super cute. <laughs> yeah, I see the potential and I, I feel like I could have a better opinion on it once we get Battle Scars and Survivor. At that point, then I'll be like, oh, okay. And like, I'll be able to form a better opinion. Yeah. I think they're cute, but I don't have too much it's like i'm like the kombucha lady where i like taste it and i'm like hmm, hmm. <laughs> hmm do i like this 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's why um, I'm like, I'm like, do I like this? Do I not? Uh, that's oh, no. kind of how. I'll yeah, take another but I don't, sip. But I, I don't hate it though. I don't hate that ship. I like it. It's it's cute. I see it. I Same. see it. But also, Marin definitely had a girlfriend when she was younger. So. Oh, for sure, Ileana. Yes. And um, a cow, a cow can't can't be straight. So everybody's a little bit everybody's <laughs> a, a little bit gay in Star Wars, Star no Wars. matter what. Okay, I know you love this one, so I'm gonna ask it. Oh, okay. D- Din Luke. Oh, Din Luke. Okay. <sighs> Wait, okay, what do we not rate? Much... What do we rate Cal Marin? I'm giving it oh. a, 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 a four out of ten. Me too. <laughs> I feel like I'll be right there with you. It had I'll to be, be right one there with point you. above Anidala. <laughs> it did. It did. Um, okay, Din Luke. Okay, so there's not like a ton of stuff about Din Luke. It's literally like the whole thing was based <laughs> off of the end of like the first season, which is so um, funny because we literally just said like, or I literally just said, I was like, I can't ship two people who just met. <laughs> Luke didn't even really meet. Well, Okay, the fandom really like took off with that ship and created some amazing like fan fiction and artwork and it's like cute. headcanons and theories and I just I I think it's adorable. I think most like I don't really have any ships that Din is a part of that I don't that I don't see or that I don't like, but I really liked Din and Luke because they're both from like, you know, Luke is from like a dying, you know, the Jedi, there's barely any Jedi, and like the Mandalorians mm-hmm. are really scarce, and so they both, and you know, like Din has his his sort of religion, and then like Luke has his sort of religion, but they're both sort of like not following it perfectly, so there's mm. sort of this like, you yeah. know, harmony there. There's Twin like flames. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And then of course Luke training Grogu, and then Din being like Grogu's dad. It's just <laughs> kind of, it's like, I don't know. I think I would give them a, I don't know, I feel like I feel like I would give them a seven out of ten, just because of all the content that I've, all the okay. content that I have consumed. It puts it up there for me. Like it's pretty good. <laughs> I like Din Luke, but I like Arrow Ace Din a lot more. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, I can I, see that. Yeah, I do love Arrow Ace. I also feel like Mandalorians are like our Arrow Ace, especially because yeah. the whole more so uh din's faction i feel like okay yeah yeah maybe not like bow like bo katan i feel like din's like with the never taking off the helmet or really like, the yeah, armor for yeah. sure for sure that kind of that really that tracks that mm-hmm. tracks i see it okay pick one for me okay okay uh, uh oh i feel like Mm. Melshi Cassian. Let's see that one. Okay. Um, Melshi Cassian. I I like it a lot. I I do. I I think that. So I do want to preface because I gave Bex Cassian and I will give Melshi Cassian a higher rating as well. But like Jin Cassian is end game for me. I think. But yeah. Um, I love. And there's no comparing. Like, I think that I, Emily described it in a great way where she was like shipping these characters with shipping all these other characters from different points of Cassian's life is, 
I feel like that's what describes it. Like I love Bix Cassian when they were thriving. I like Melchi Cassian like before he met Jin and then you know Jin Cassian even though they never really had the chance. But speaking just about Melchi Cassian, just now that we have the backstory, I think it's so sweet. And the fact that like cuz we get that little instance of Melchi and Cassian and how much Melchi and Cass might have spoken in prison. Because mm. Melchi knew that Cassian could pilot. So I just always think like 12, like 30, 31 or 32, 12 hour days right next to each other. And they yeah. probably had to fill it with like conversation and probably not much about each other. But and the fact that they find each other again. Yeah, is so sure. sweet. I am so excited to see them in season two, but. Yeah, we're going to get, like, I hope that we get a reunion. Thank you. I hope, cool I hope it's them, like, not reunite. just that, like, I hope it's not just, like, Melchie is just there. Like, I feel yeah. like it'd be really sweet if we got to see them reunite. Yeah, and I'm sure that we will, in some way, shape, or form, it'll be it'll be good. Um, I also, yeah, I really... I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I also feel like Melchie's just really soft. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Cassian needs, like, a soft... Like, Bix and Jin are so tough. And, like, I love that about yeah. them. And I love that he likes tough women. It's just so sweet that Melchie's so, like, inward and, like, quiet. And and he's, cute. like, a little... He's, like, taller. So he's, like, yeah. a big teddy bear. He's, like, a big teddy bear. His little shaved yeah. head. I, <laughs> I, I really, like... I really love them, too. Um, I love how they get to know each other. How they um seem to just read each other really well especially because like in prison they can't just talk all the time so like you have to use your eyes to really speak and so yeah i feel like i feel like they really got really close um and could communicate wordlessly a lot and uh i guess the fact that like mel she waited for him and didn't jump without him and they were like the only two that made it to shore and they just like they stuck together i just thought that was i don't know i think it's the perfect like everything that happened between them even though you know it sucks that they had to meet in prison mm-hmm. but like every that like groundwork for relationship if like there was gonna be one well like and just for friendship in general but like then if you wanted to, it to be romantic you know it made sense or it could make sense yeah um yeah I, I like to think that they're they're a little bit more than friends sometimes, maybe. <laughs> they're best friends who kiss sometimes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I forgot a ship. <gasps> can we can we, can I ask yes, your opinion? Of course. On it? Okay. Bix and Brasso. Bix Brasso. <gasps> ten out of ten. <laughs> ten no, out of ten. One hundred percent. There's they're perfect. I love them. And I know that people okay. might not get behind if, them. I asked for your opinion on it. I want to hear it. I'll stop talking. Go ahead. No, no. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, like, this, you know, maybe some people haven't thought about this before. So we're opening your eyes here. Which okay, is why I wanted to, to see ask this. It. I wanted to be like, let's, I want to know what the, like, listeners think, too. Yeah, I, I'm all in. I'm all in. Me too. That also, hand, that- the moment she put oh. her hand on his bicep, I, lo- I was like, okay, I'm gone. They just grabbed me and by he was the cojones. Like, 
<laughs> the fact that like the oh, just uh, sorry I can't even form words just all their scenes together even though they don't have very many but like when they're talking outside Marva's house like oh, the fact that Brasso is what? keeping tabs on her when she was in the hotel and the fact that now they're together going to Ganji Moon and he's going to take care of her for sure yeah what the hell uh, what the heck they're they must they are, I feel they like, are. I feel like if they get in a relationship, it'll make way more sense than anything else. Yeah, for sure. But for sure. anything else, I mean, like Bix and Cassian, like it just makes so much sense. And, and I love that Brasso to Bix is like everything that she wanted Tim to be. Yeah. And this isn't to knock Cassian or Bix Cassian or any ships that have to do with them because I don't want to compare them. But just saying, like you're saying, like, Brasso's everything that, you know, she hoped Tim would be. And then by extension, because things can't work out between her and Cassian, then, yeah, they're just, he's just, he's just there. He is there for her. Like, he also, he also uh, shielded her from, like, armored stormtroopers he he did he did his best that was so good so and he good. buckled her in Ugh. he did oh, and she said his name like twice mm-hmm. she was so excited to see him <laughs> they're so cute uh they're they're very athena and gilgamesh coded oh <gasps> yes. from eternals andor yes. eternals is the andor of marvel i stand by this okay i see it Bix, Brasso, I'm adding that. So when we rank them, this is a long closer. <laughs> yeah. We uh, don't have to like rank them, rank them. I don't feel okay. like. Okay. We can just give them like a 10 out of 10. or a... We could do our top three. Oh, that's a good idea. We'll do that. Okay. Top three or top five. Well, let's do top five. Yeah, okay. Kalazeb. Um, when I think about them, my brain short circuits <laughs> and I stare into the middle distance. She's doing it right now. <laughs> um, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. <laughs> I don't have a lot to say about them because they're so perfect. It is, it is enemies to lovers done right. Done it's enemies to lovers. Perfection. <laughs> it gives you everything that you could possibly want in a ship. <laughs> oh, you're so right. <laughs> my favorite if you guys want to see like good cows and zeb art simpeko on tumblr yes shout out to her yes yeah she does really i'm so sorry Jin Cassian. Jin she Cassian does art. do good Jin Cassian art yeah, she does a but, great oh. they i don't i don't know their pronouns so i'll just say they but but um they also do like a cool human zeb and Callus, that's cool. I have seen um, it. Okay, the very last one. I Jin. wonder what it is. <laughs> Jin and Cassian, Jin Cassian or uh, Rebel Captain? Rebel, Rebel Captain. I think Rebel Captain is such a cute name. I do too. I I feel like it kind of marks. I, I I use them interchangeably. Um, Rebel Captain was like you know the original. But Jin Cassian just works too. Um, uh, the like Rogue One ship names are so good. They um, are 
like Bodhi and Jin's is Rogue Rebel. Ooh. I think that one's cute. And then Spirit Assassin. That one's good. <gasps> Base and yeah. True. Yeah. And True then, Base. Uh and then Rebel Captain. Those are the only uh, three Rogue ones. That have that kind of <laughs> I mean, I mean I'm I'm low key secretly, not so secretly, a, a Draven Merrick truther. That something was going on there mm-hmm. for sure. Uh-huh. They were a little saucy. Yeah, I just I just feel like they, they go good together. Um any who's Jin Cassian. Uh, what can we what can we say that we haven't already said? I know. I feel like uh, I'm just gonna say it's a ten out of ten. It, it's the perfect Meant to ship. be star-crossed lovers not enough time right person red of red thread of fate soulmates Um, yeah we could go on and on forever and always tall and small feisty and quiet just all they're all the tropes all of them grumpy and spunky yeah (laughs) so what are our top five ships number one is jen cassian i've already made that decision for us yes thank you Number two. I'm trying to remember all the ships that we spoke of. I say, um, I would say, go ahead. Bigspresso. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say it. Say it loud and proud. Big Bigspresso. Okay. Would you say that number three is Kalozeb? Yes, I would. Okay. And you can, you can shit on my, you can say no. Sabi, don't do that. I, I won't. I, we're so we're so we're so in sync anyway. We're so each other coded. Okay. We are. Uh Finpo. <laughs> Finpo? Yeah. Okay. Um <gasps> wait. Velcinta or Phil Finpo? Velcinta first. Okay, okay. And then Finpo. Yes. And then Finpo. I guess we're rating well, them. Who All. else do we got? Who else do we got? We got Anudala, Calmarin, Dinluk, Melshi Cassian, Thienna, and Vix Cassian. Um, would you put Vix Cassian before Dinluk and Thienna and Melshi Cassian? Wait, that was a lot. Okay. Yes. Would you put Vix Cassian before Thienna? Yes. Would you put Vix Cassian before Dinluk? Yeah, mostly because both, like, yeah, yes. Okay, would you put Vienna before Dinluk? <sighs> I feel like I have enjoyed Dinluk more than I have enjoyed Thane and Sienna. So true. Yeah, so true. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> would, oh, <phew. laughs> would you put Melchie Cassian before Vienna? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would you put Melshi Cassian before Din Luke? Oh. And would you put it before Bix Cassian? Melshi Cassian? Yeah. I feel like Bix Cassian and Melshi Cassian are tied for me. Yeah, for me too. I can't really put one over the other. Same. I, I don't think I could I don't think I could do that. They can share a podium. <laughs> Cassian has two hands. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So Melshi Cassian and Bix Cassian are on the same row. We yeah. make 
the real we can do that exactly you guys Um, can't stop us okay we have calmarin and anidala left well then we know how that's gonna go yeah calmarin and then anidala so sorry to our anidala fans no hate (laughs) 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 okay so we have jin cassian as number one bex brothel two Callus and Zeb three, Velcenta four, Fenpo five. So I feel like that's a good top five. I do I do feel like it is a good top five because yeah. yeah. <laughs> um number six is shared with Bix and Melshi Cassian, seven Dinluke, eight Calmarin, nine Anidala. Yeah. We we uh, didn't mention Han and Leia because Han and Leia is Han and Leia. Like yeah, you can't, they're perfect. You can't. You can't hate them. And then and then Canera, like Canon and Hera, you can't not like them. So they yeah. they're just they're like honorary winners somewhere else. Exactly. I, w- I would love to do top five ships we hate, but probably shouldn't do that. We're trying to grow as a podcast, not Yeah. We're there's <laughs> no hate. There's mostly just not understanding. Mm-hmm. You know. There are some that I think universally most people will be like, that's a no for me. Do you remember when it used to be like the no TP? Like the not like never one true pair or whatever it was the Mm -hmm. N was supposed to mean? I do remember that. So Jin Cassian is our OTP. Our one true pairing. So We share that. We share that. (laughs) All right. So we've ranked ships and ships. We so have people won't be confused what we meant. <laughs> um, also, we are getting better at the tops game. <laughs> so if you want to follow yes. us there and trade with us, it's Androisms and Rebel Risen. And also, yes. uh, it's coming up soon. And I'm sad that Lynn's can't come with me. I wish I could put her in my pocket and with me. But um. I'll be going all four days to Star Wars Celebration in London. So say hello. I know you don't really know know what I look like, but um, I'll be there. And Linz will be in my heart and in my pocket. Yes, I will. I will be. It'll be crazy, insanely late or early here where I am living for during during celebration. But I will be awake. Uh, I don't want to miss it. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully we'll get some Andor stuff because the drought. <laughs> uh, I know. I miss. I miss our. I miss our crew. I miss our Andor crew. Me too. I saw. I, hope, I, hope. I saw that screenshot of Adria today, and I was like, oh, I miss her. When will she come home from the war? <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh! And is it uh, Verita? She posts a lot of like set. Uh, well, not set photos, but like pictures of her, sort of, or like doing things around the all set. the like candy and stuff that they eat. Yeah, her too. coffee or whatever. I'm always like, she, she's on and the set of Andor right now. <gasps> she's there behind her. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's on Diego <laughs> right now. I was um, I was giggling because she posted that photo on her story of like all the candy. And I was like, oh. it was all like, I guess, British candy. And I was like, I can just imagine 43-year-old Diego Luna coming in, 
to the room with all this candy any actor that's not from britain and he's just like what is any of this <laughs> well he does have family in london so maybe he does know maybe he does have a little bit of a familiarity in it with it yeah. i'm i'm manifesting um like a rogue one i don't know reunion at the celebration it's just Same. too perfect not to have like Felicity show up or if Felicity shows up uh you will be the only host of Stardust <laughs> Savi will have passed away <laughs> uh but I'm gonna keep manifesting that for you I <laughs> I know that I know that it's terrifying but I hope that it happens it's scary to think my life may have an expiration date that's <laughs> <laughs> so terrible to say oh my god we all have an expiration date. True, but mine but it be might the day be dead. Felicity just <laughs> returns to Star Wars. That would be awesome. Or, or like, if they, you know how like what was it? Ben Mendelsohn he showed uh, up at the celebration in like up as Krennic. full Krennic. What if he like does it again? I'm not advocating for Krennic. I don't really care about Krennic as a character. But if they were going to be like Krennic's in Andor and they like have a march up, I love or somebody ben- else. I love Ben Mendelsohn, so I think it'll just be cool to see Ben Mendelsohn. But yeah. I feel like it it's going to be Alan Tudyk as KTSO. <gasps> oh yes, of course. It's going to be I the not- big reveal. Of course. But yeah, anyone from the Rogue One cast, even I feel like Matt's too. That'd be cool. So many of the actors are just from England, so I'm just shocked that they should like, just I show just up. Feel like, you know, like it just makes sense. <laughs> also, it will the acolyte cast? They're also at Pinewood Studios, so all those That'd people be cool. over there should just show up. Like I know Duncan Powell, like Duncan should show up. He should. Duncan, if you are hearing this, please go. Yeah, go to a celebration, please, so that Savi can witness you. <laughs> <laughs> witness me. Oh, Just God. to witness you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm so that sorry. would be the dream. Okay. So where can you find us? Uh we you can find Savi at Andorisms on Twitter and is it Andrews. also it? Yeah. Andorisms on Instagram? Instagram. I'm not very active on okay. it, but I'm trying to. Okay. And I am a co- at a cosmic love on Twitter and at Rebel Risen on Instagram. And then you can also find us at Stardust Records on Twitter without the O? Yeah, without the O. Right? Without the O. 